Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Hustle and Hoops pod. We're running yet another three-man weave today. Um, can't seem to get everyone healthy. Uh, Dub's feeling a little under the weather, so we'll, we'll have to pick up the slack for him today. Um, I have a feeling this podcast will go a lot more smoothly without our uh, resident hater on the pod today. Um, but no Dub, so we got the usuals. Besides that, we got Jacob and Jack. What's up, fellas? How's it going? What's up? What's up? Yeah, sorry. Uh, hope Dub feels better. Um, but today we can actually talk about the Philadelphia 76ers for a change. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to be back. I haven't been on the last uh, couple of episodes, so I got a lot to talk about. Yeah, it's good to have you back. JD, how are you doing today? What's going on? I'm out here. Doug shuns his best wishes, so we move on without him. Yeah, I, I, we know he wants to be here, but the show must go on. Um, today is Thursday, May 5th. There are no NBA playoff games tonight um, for the first time in a few days. And that means I got to watch my Panthers tonight. Shouts out NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Might not be uh, our audience's cup of tea, but there's going to be some good games on tonight. Everyone should be rooting for the Panthers. Let's go Cats. Let's go um, Cats. But because there's no game tonight, we got a lot we can talk about from the past few games, as well as the look ahead to the rest of the week. Um, so let's just get started on the fast break. Marcus Smart missed. He got injured in game one, like dislocated his shoulder and hurt his calf. Finished the game out, missed game two, is now looking hopeful to play game three. Um, they won game two without him. We know Marcus Smart could be maybe considered the Celtics glue guy. What what does this injury mean for the longevity of the series? Because they could win without him, but how quickly would you rush him back if he's not 100%? And how big of a presence does he have in the rest of the series? This is a tough one, but I don't know. I think this is uh, – every team makes this decision their own way and how they see fit. We saw Devin Booker um, get kind of – not rushed back, we're wearing the D-Book jerseys. Had to. Shouts out D-Book. But, yeah, he wasn't rushed back from injury. He thought he could go. He went. He dropped 30. But, um, yeah, with this Marcus Smart thing, I think since he's such a, um integral part of their defense, they have to be very cautious because they know they need him and they're vulnerable without him. So, I don't know. I think it's a delicate situation for sure, but – in my eyes, I'm always for not rushing it, but I know some teams feel like their opportunity for a championship or a nice run is right then, so they might feel the need to uh, rush him back. You never know. Yeah, I agree with that. It's best not to rush him back, but if the Bucks steal these two games, I know they can beat him without him, like we saw in game two, but you're not going to get a first half from Giannis like you did in game two. He looked, he was shooting bad shots. They were playing really good defense, but it just, it won't happen again. He scored like two or four points in the first half and ended up playing a good second half, but it wasn't enough. But I would say you don't need to rush him back for game three, but I think he needs to play one of these next two games at least. Yeah. I think, you know, tied one, one going back to Milwaukee. I think if he can go, I think he has to play. Um, just because if you look at how they filled his void, 
um, in the rotation, uh, Ime went a little old school. He just gave his minutes to the other people who are typically in the rotation. So they ran a seven-man rotation. You don't really see that. You'd think that would happen. Rosters get get cut a little bit in the playoffs. But this year, they people have been running eight, nine, ten deep in the playoffs pretty consistently across the board. Um, and Grant Williams can fill his void, especially – he definitely makes up for his defense and what he brings with the shooting ability. Um, stretch the floor a little bit more. Derek White is a solid, capable defender. He might not bring the offense that Marcus Smart brings, um, but I think it takes a toll on the other guys when they have to play that many more minutes. And if Marcus Smart can go in a game three on the road, just his presence, I think you got to, even if he's not 100%, I think this is one of the times where you do not necessarily rush him back, but if he can go, he's got to go. Yeah, Grant Williams had a really good game. That was sick to watch. Played really good defense um, as well as the three ball. Um, but we saw at the point guard position, obviously Jalen Brown and Tatum can handle the ball, but Derek White didn't score, and Peyton Pritchard just – Peyton Pritchard looked awful. Yeah. Obviously, Peyton Pritchard has good games. It was a bad game for him, but him versus Marcus Smart, you know. It's is, like uh, Is it time for Sauce Castillo? <laughs> the boy bring him back I was, playing 70 the in the G League. I was the celtics in 2k yesterday and i was looking to see like at the lineups who i wanted to start right before the game started and i saw stauskas on the team and i forgot about that he was like a 60 64 or 67 overall like it's crazy because like the celtics kind of like they bought on Derek White at the deadline, but then they just sold everything else, like guys who were like low-key rotation players, like Dennis Schroeder and uh, like Romeo Langford, like a few other nice. guys, like they just like dumped salary also. And like now their bench is just full of guys who started in the G League, which is like kind of funny. It's like they they just don't feel comfortable playing them in the playoffs, like even if it came to it. Like say Jason Tatum got into foul trouble and Jalen Brown got hurt with market like in game two like i don't know if you would have seen those guys even come close to coming into the game still even with injuries to big guys that's just how inexperienced their the tail end of their bench is um but yeah i like i agree with you mindy Giannis is not Giannis finished with a solid stat line and that was even with an awful first half so i think they're it, it's it's Giannis isn't doing that again. No, he's not doing that again. And Marcus smart, the defense he brings on a guy like Giannis on like switches, pick and rolls, just like if they drop into their zone, they need him. They need him. Um, moving on Western conference, kind of the talk of the NBA week, a little bit Dylan Brooks flagrantly fouling Gary Payton. The second result is, Dylan Brooks suspended one game by the NBA. Dylan Brooks, or I mean, uh, Gary Payton to be reevaluated in two weeks, looking to be out at least three with a broken elbow and ligament damage. Shams has not ruled, said they're not ruling out a return, but it's looking like an uphill battle for GP. What do y'all think of the suspension? What do y'all think of the play? And do you think losing Gary Payton is a big blow for a Warriors team that we've talked about before on the pod is a pretty deep team? This is tough. Yeah, a lot of know. questions in there. Yeah, there's tackle whichever there's one you want. Questions, but I want to. Um, I would. I'll talk about Gary Payton because he has had a tough career, never finding like too much uh, 
ground on any team. But now that he's on the Warriors, he finally started getting his feet under him. He's making some great games, stringing along together some great games. And then the playoffs come, and he looked really good when he was playing. Steve Kerr wasn't putting him in the rotation sometimes. But when he was seeing the floor, he was looking great. And then this happens, and it's just sad to see. I mean, I'm not going to go out there and say, like, it was intentional because I don't think it was. But the end result, people on Twitter were saying this is going to lose GP a lot of money with, uh, like, maybe, like, teams, like, not wanting to throw money at him now because they're nervous. I don't know. But it's just tough to see him out. I don't I don't think he'll come back for the rest of the playoffs. But we'll see. Yeah, it's tough. He was in the starting lineup for the first two games of the series before yeah. he got injured. Yeah. And he was playing really good defense. Yeah. That's all I gotta say is it's tough. But now looking at who the Warriors are gonna fill with his starting role, you're gonna give the minutes to Looney. And he's going to come back and play the first like seven minutes. And then they'll use a lot of that Jordan Poole lineup with Curry, Clay, Wiggins, and Draymond, the death lineup, if you, if you want to say that. Um, But yeah, I I placed on Kevin Looney, Kevon Looney, sorry, to Mm -hmm. have over 3.5 points the other day. And it was lit. It was, he played like, he didn't get that many minutes, but he came in when, Draymond went out of the game for a gets sec. His dunks and, and gets and his moves two on. gets his two buckets, and it was that. It was that. It was that easy. But looking forward to Looney starting again. Um, hopefully he can play well. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll be seeing more minutes given to the guys like Poole, the guys like Looney, and maybe Jonathan Kaminga. Come bucket. Well, come bucket extended minutes. I, I like you're saying Gary Payton was starting only playing two minutes really sh- like will shake things up when you, you can't game plan for that with someone getting hurt within the first two minutes. Um, Steve Kerr did a decent job adjusting, but obviously um, John Moran had 47. That's like not enough. Um, Draymond also po- getting poked in the eye. His eyes looking disgusting. This series is getting really, really physical. I think you're looking at guys like Otto Porter to step in. Yeah. Uh, Kaminga probably getting some more minutes. Damian Lee actually played a little bit. Could we see a, a little Juan Toscano Anderson maybe? I think we could. I think we yeah. could. Like the, the Warriors have liked JTA in the past. Um, but Gary Payton is definitely their best. He was he's probably their best perimeter defender on the team at this point. I I'd, I'd take him over Clay as a perimeter defender. I'd take him over Wiggins as a perimeter defender. If you want to take Draymond, sure, but Draymond's just more of that versatile guy. He can guard everything. And he wouldn't be guarding the wing when he's playing center anyway. Um, so take him out their lineup, and that that's a big blow. Um, kind of going back to the suspension, do you think one game is enough, knowing that Gary Payton is going to – he knocked out Gary Payton for at least three weeks. Knowing that, is that is one game enough? I think so. Uh, or do you think I that's think how sus- suspensions should be, should be doled out? I think it's enough for a playoff game. It was reckless, but it's a playoff game. And it was, he was trying to chase him down to make a play. So he was being really aggressive and it didn't end well. Like it was a little exaggerated. Like he didn't have to swipe at his head. I don't think he meant to do it, but he didn't have to go that hard, but it, 
it's a playoff game. Injuries happen. Like, it really yeah. sucks. It really sucks, especially for the Warriors. Just one game for Brooks, though, I think. I think it's fine. Yeah, I agree with that. This is two highly – like, two great teams coming together, and they're both physical. They both like to be aggressive. And right when tip-off comes, like, the energy is probably the most high then and at the end of the game. So coming out right on, right in the first couple of minutes and seeing that high energy play, I'm not yeah like I said it's not it doesn't it didn't seem intentional. I don't think he was trying to hurt him, but yeah I think we should keep it at one game because Dylan Brooks again like he, it's not like he's trying to go out there and hurt somebody, and he's a great he, like they need him on their team and it sucks like the Warriors need GP. But this is like this is what it is. This is injuries happen. Like Mindy said, this is it's sad. But yeah, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't have minded him getting an extra game. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been opposed to a two or three game suspension, just based on the nature of the play and it resulting in injury. Obviously, like you can't predict that he would have gotten injured when he did that. But I mean, on plays like that, like it just is really annoying when like you can see the guy who injured you is playing one like two days later and while you're sitting at home for the next three weeks in a cast, like I, I can just imagine that's frustrating for the player. Um, but shouts out to Memphis for, you know, finishing that game. It's one, really interesting to me that Memphis, like as such a young team, and then they kick out the guy who had the most playoff experience on the roster in Steven Adams. So I, I don't know, maybe if Kevon Looney does enter the starting lineup, like Mendel said, maybe we see a Steven Adams come back in, especially if this series is going to get more physical. Um, you never know. You might need a big body down low. And Xavier Tillman's a big body, but he's he's an undersized center. Steven Adams, he's a big boy. He's not afraid to get physical. He has the playoff experience against the Warriors specifically. Um, that could be interesting coming up. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I know he had COVID or maybe he, he, had, he was in COVID it. protocols, but they kicked him out of the rotation against minnesota before he got yeah COVID. yeah i remember that i remember that now yeah so i mean it makes sense because the young guys like brandon clark and xavier tillman are getting more minutes brandon clark's been unreal but i don't see a problem in at least starting steven adams like you like the warriors do with kevon looney just match them for the first like six or seven minutes and he doesn't yeah. have to play the rest of the game unless he's like really doing well Steven Adams has been one of the best rebounders in the league for the past, you know, seven years. Like he's always consistently in the top five, 10 for rebounding. So, you know, he's going to bring you that. And especially when, when, if the Warriors are getting rebounds, especially offensive rebounds, they're killing you. Like second chance points just are tough. So yeah, um, let's move on. We'll talk about our last subject in the fast break. We have to talk about it almost every week. It feels like, Ben Simmons, who was cleared for game four medically and then scratched late, is now getting back surgery and is will be out three to four months. I don't know how much there is to talk about on this, but the fact that a medical team medically cleared him to return and not like a week and a half later, he is now getting back surgery based on the recommendation from the same doctors is wild. I was watching the, the Sopranos the other day and this guy whose name I can't really say, um, Tony. he was, 
he was getting he or he was really complaining about his back and everyone else thought that it was in his mind and his back was hurting because he was stressed out which he was and then he went ahead and he got back surgery and it didn't change anything at least yet i haven't gotten there but <laughs> at least yet his back nothing's happened and i'm kind of thinking that this is the same thing I think it's all mental yes I mean, he's been diagnosed with a herniated disc and this procedure is supposed to like alleviate the pain from that herniated disc or something like that. Okay. That's a little complicated, but if he was cleared medically, that's, that's the reason I'm saying. Yeah. That's, what's very confusing. It doesn't make sense. How something's weird. How does he get cleared? It's like the bull bull trade. Like, yeah, the, like he was assumed up for the, the nuggets traded him to the Detroit. Detroit said this guy didn't pass his physical. And then the Nuggets say, yeah, he's going to suit up for us next game. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. There's a big question mark. I said this before. What they're telling us on the surface with these reports is definitely not what's fully going on behind closed doors. It's the big mystery. And we saw, like, uh, before he got traded from the Sixers, Simmons – was not in the right headspace to play. So that's why he took a step back. And I think that might be the root of all of this is when he took a step back, he never really got his mind right into the right place. And now he might just be pulling at strings to just stay out, like not, not suit up for opening night. And then once he clears opening night, it's a breeze from there. He can get the rest, like he can just bullshit his way out of the rest of the season. But yeah, and now know. yeah, he's just coming up with strings, I, and I I don't want to point fingers. If something actually is wrong, we are a podcast that supports getting healthy. Any player, we want you to get healthy, yeah. get back Dog. out there, hundred percent. But if you're just doing this not to play, it's just like, come on, enough with the games. Just tell us you're done and get out. Yeah, I like I mean, that. Could he have gotten the surgery a month ago? Like, I mean, now he doesn't have to do anything in the offseason. He can just be out for the whole offseason. Yeah. He doesn't have to go practice with the team. He doesn't have to go through conditioning, and it'll be close to the start of the season, like Duke said, when he's ready to finally come back. Um, it'll be interesting to see um, – excuse me. It'll be interesting to see the team that surrounds him when he comes back. Uh, Kyrie Gosh. is still a question mark. KD will probably be there. Um, but I would say every supporting cast member also has a question mark around them besides maybe like Cam Thomas and Kessler Edwards and Clax and Clankston. Um, <laughs> Bruce so, Brown probably will stay. Uh, Bruce Brown's expired. Oh, I, I mean, is Seth Curry and drum or Seth Curry and Drummond expired. I don't know if they're expired, but I would still give them question marks to return. Sure. Yeah. Like, um, so it'll That's be also especially to see the, the team that he comes back to. Um, but yeah, we have breaking news. Uh. <laughs> a podcast exclusive, a Shams tweet from a minute ago. 76ers are listing all-star Joel Embiid as out for game three. Jeez. He was previously questionable and we did not know the status. And he is now out first game in Philly. That's um, not good. We can get to Let, that. Yeah, let's just let's just go. Podcast exclusive. Let's there. just let's just let's go right into, get right into it. Yeah, let's yeah. just go right into Philly. Philly versus Miami talk. Um, 
are they fucked without John yes. D? Yeah, is, yes. It was a little bit rhetorical, but like we've seen the first two games. Philly has kept it close for the first half, and then the second half, they just the Heat just out outman them and out out outplay them. Yeah. Like straight up. Yeah. But and Bam out of had and... his way. Uh, well, I guess it doesn't matter. It, guards it, him. Game three when you're down 2-0, if you don't win that, you're fucked. Yeah. They're going to need a big halftime show from Meek Mill if they're going <laughs> to win. That's all. More it's than gonna, one front flip. <laughs> yeah. it's gonna, they're going to have to play so well. Maxie's going to have to drop 35 again. Harden's going to have to play decently in the second half. And someone like Niang or Danny Green has to have a good game. Yeah, I think they I got to have. I think game. I got the key to success. This is the golden key for, for 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 a Philadelphia win in Game Three with no Embiid. Tobias Harris forty. Duncan Robinson has to play. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually have to play to Duncan that. Robinson if that's the that's the only <laughs> chance. The Sixers will have a winning if his foe <laughs> plays Duncan Robinson. And that's out of their control. It is. Um, Duncan Robinson, the $90 million man, just completely out of the rotation for the Heat, who have not missed a step without him after he played, you know, and started over 70 games this year, um, is something that I did not see coming necessarily. I mean, I, I did kind of predict it. I said you did predict it. Totally. I did predict it, but I, d- <laughs> I didn't think it would be th- to this extent. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, he really is a burden on both ends of the floor at this point, especially like he hasn't been shooting well. Like that's what you paid him for to shoot well. And he doesn't We're, the days are long gone where you can bet Duncan Robinson first basket and Facts. expect a free cash. That was a time. Um, but I was saying, I was saying it to Dove last night when we were on the phone and I'll tell you guys right now, um, Duncan or the heat, the guys who they play in their, like their bench lineup, their guys who are slotted in for their starters right now, those are guys that are playing on every single team, pretty much. You know, those are guys that are playing at, like a bench role on every single team. Like Tyler Hero is obviously a piece on every single team. Victor Oladipo is probably playing on every and every team that he's playing. Yeah. On. Dwayne Denman really is a well. very capable backup center. Max Struess is shooting forty five percent from three. That's a role everywhere. Gabe Vincent, same thing as Max Struess. Then you got guys like Omer Yurtsevin, who would probably be a capable backup He's center a on a lot of teams. Markeith Morris, who's a backup four on a lot of teams. Um, and then, like, it comes down to, like, Caleb Martin. Like, Caleb Martin probably is a wing on a lot of teams. Like, there's not enough room for all these guys to play, and Duncan Robinson just the odd man out. It's tough. It's weird because he came in like game one or two against uh, game one. Game one against um, Atlanta, yeah. twenty-seven points, misses two shots, eight for nine from three, and he had an N one. It was weird, and he was like six minutes the game after that, and he's basically been gone since then. And yeah, I missed the days where you could bet on Duncan Robinson first basket and over on his threes, and it would make you money. Yeah, he was a fun player to watch when he was good. <laughs> Max, Max Struess is the new Duncan. I, 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 you'd have to assume his over under threes started about two and a half, three and a half. Yeah, he's probably averaging three to four threes a game. And then I don't know, I don't, I, I'm not as good about getting to the game right as it turns on. I don't know if they do the Heat run a uh, first play three for Struess. Not that I've noticed, but I will definitely be looking out for that now. 
Yeah. That would be messed up. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm Duncan just... and I'm watching that. Uh, it's supposed to be me. Yeah. That's, that's me. Oh, <laughs> what the heck, Spell? <laughs> I uh, want to um oh sorry. No, I no, quickly shout out Spell because I think he's putting together a fantastic coaching run in this playoffs. Like he's just he's coaching all, them. He's days. never gotten the respect he deserves because everyone Actually. just said LeBron carried him to his rings. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's now, the only good coach LeBron's actually ever had. Yeah. Yeah. He's just one of the only coaches who I watch consistently put in the players that are actually doing well. Cause there's so many coaches out there that let their players shoot like one for six and then keep them in. And if you miss a couple of shots and then Spo knows you're not having that night, you won't play. Like yeah. you just, he puts in the players who are putting in work and that's every player you just listed. They are deserving of minutes. Exactly. And that's what he's given them. So he's drawn up nice plays out of timeouts out of um, uh, start of quarters. So yeah, not to mention, they're, not to mention they're doing this without Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Uh, that leads me to my next question. I mean, you got Victor Oladipo. We got 28 minutes last game. Who Lowry's going to com- demand command the command slash demand probably I mean first game back 35 yeah I, like I, first game back 35. you could say 30 but like Kyle Lowry's a yeah. 35 minute per game guy for his career you got to take away 35 minutes from from the rest of the guys that are getting minutes right now I mean you could start by cutting Dwayne Dedman from the rotation his eight to ten minutes a game but you're probably looking at Victor Oladipo getting his minutes cut significantly despite playing very well or getting cut completely. Do you, would you support that? Or are you just trying, like, you also don't, would you be okay with running a 10 man rotation? Like, what do you do Uh, here? I think you drop Deadman to, um, because they need a backup big guy. Well, that's where, if you want to play PJ Tucker at backup center, then then you stagger him a little more. Right. I think you drop Caleb Martin completely because you have to and yeah i i think i guess it's victor. that's not enough minutes though i like, guess it's victor like gabe vincent gabe vincent probably but like even when lowry was healthy gabe vincent was still getting the minutes like oladipo yeah. is the one not getting any minutes yeah. um so it's going to be really interesting to see who gets those minutes because i think Spo like victor oladipo was shooting pretty good from three and that's what spo asked for in the guys who are getting high volume minutes off the bench is that shooting ability that's why vincent's there that's why struce is there uh, that's why martin is there because jimmy butler and bam are not three-point shooters um pj tucker can only shoot from the corner uh, yeah. they need guys who can shoot on the wing and at the top of the key when the floor opens up and i don't know if you can trust victor oladipo to do that that's true i guess yeah that's actually a really good point i didn't think about that I really hope he gets his minutes because he's been playing been really hooping. well. He's been hooping. Gabe um, Vincent, like I, they kind of. I, I feel like it would be wrong. He hasn't done anything wrong. Is he that good at defense? He's a little undersized. I wouldn't call him like bad at defense, but he's not like known for his defense. He's known for his shooting. Yeah, and he has. He doesn't. He like never scores ten points. I personally would. I don't know. I personally would give Oladipo minutes over Vincent, but. What do I know? What do I know? You're not you're not a two time NBA champ, Eric Spolster. Nope. Um, let's talk about Philly a little bit more. Obviously, no Joel Embiid. They're starting DeAndre Jordan in his place. 
are y'all in support of this decision? Or are y'all with the Twitter masses and saying it should be Paul Reed starting instead of DeAndre Jordan? Uh, I don't think there's really a right answer here. <laughs> I mean, I like them starting DeAndre Jordan. I don't like it's either him or Paul Reed. Like, what does it Can't really start Paul Millsap? Paul Millsap isn't going to guard Bam. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's a tough one, but I, I'm is, going uh, – I would start DeAndre Jordan. I feel like this reminds me of the warriors Kevon Looney situation. Like, you're only playing him for, like, seven minutes, and then that's it. Like, I don't know. I feel like whatever you decide with, if they get hot early, keep them, keep them going. And if they're cold, just switch them. I mean, yeah. there's not that big of a, a difference here. I, mean, I think um, when they they no. were like cutting into the lead a little bit right when the second half started last game, and they had Niang in at center. Was, Niang, yeah, and he, like was guarding Bam. he was guarding Bam though. Yeah, that's a tough guard, like, but he can stretch. If, I say you kind of follow what the Heat do, and if the Heat cut Deadman's minutes and they give it to Bam, then maybe, or if they play PJ Tucker at the backup five. Then that's what you put in Yang at center. Yeah. yeah. But if they're playing Deadman and they're playing Bam, you have to have at least Paul Reed or DeAndre Jordan in the game. I think I, I like DeAndre Jordan. I think they should be running DeAndre Jordan like they like the Rockets ran Clint Capella with, with James Harden. Just let him come up and set screens, let him get rebounds, and let him like stand in the paint and like just only stand in the paint if that's possible. Does that work for James Harden? This team is James Harden now. Like, this is not... It's Tyrese Maxey. Like, it is it, it is Got Tyrese Maxey. But, it, I, yeah. yeah. Gotta I give, gotta give Tyrese Maxey his flowers. But, like, this uh, J- James Harden is, is the superstar on the team now. Yeah. He's going to dictate whether they win or lose. And we talk about this every week. I, like, James... There's no way James Harden's not capable of dropping 40, 50 points on 25, 30 shots anymore. Like, I, he, he got to the free throw line seven times last game. Like, that's not like that's below his average, probably, but like, that's not bad. Like, he's just got, I don't know why he's not aggressive as he used to be anymore. Like, he just, he just isn't trying. He doesn't wake up. It's not like he's getting clamped. Yeah. It's not like he's getting clamped. He's just not trying. Yeah. He wanted out of Houston because he was sick of being the number one option. And then he went to Brooklyn and he saw that KD was injured and Kyrie had couldn't play any most games. And he was forced to be the number one option again. And now he comes to Philly and MB gets injured and he's forced to be the number one option again. And I think he's just kind of sick of it and it's like in his head, but he's been a lot worse in second halves. Yeah. Like, in these first two games in the second round, he's been decent in the first half. Then he just completely falls off in the second half. Completely. And he's got to, he's got to keep that going. I, I was saying this right before the series started about this first option thing and how he's kept moving and now Embiid's injured. And I really didn't want him to have the mentality that, Oh shit, I'm the first option again. This fucking sucks. I wanted him to have the mentality of, if I win a game in Philly, or if I get if I win a game in Miami, then I get Embiid back for at least one game at home, and we can even up the series. 
and go from there, and I won't be the number one option. But obviously, he is not taking the ladder. Yeah, um, you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take Philly in Game Three. I'm gonna say James Harden wakes the fuck up, and okay. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Philly steals Game Three, and Joel Embiid comes back for Game Four, but they lose that. That would be funny. That's my prediction. Um, last thing about James Harden. James Harden's got a player option this offseason. $47 million player option. Oh, he's taking that. He's taking that? Yeah. Y'all, y'all think he'd be smart to take that? Most Unless, definitely. What if he I wants out of Philly? <laughs> I don't know who would offer him Where would he money, go? What, what, what would you offer James Harden? Is James, could James Harden get a max contract? Well, if I'm oh – God. That I don't want to discuss, but let's say a team wants to give him 30 million over three or four years. That's when I maybe don't go or don't take that option, but I don't see that happening right now. He's playing like dog. I mean, it's still James Harden though. Like, I don't know how much team that offers. I don't know if anyone offers him the max, but like, yeah, I, I, it it would just be so hard to see James Harden not get him like, a max offer in the offseason, like if he were to decline his player option. I'm just trying to think of a team that he could possibly go to that would pay him that and has that cap space. So it's a team that would make, like, maybe what about New Portland? York? Portland? I was going go to say the Knicks. Knicks? Portland. Oh, Portland, yeah. Because like he wouldn't have to be the number one option. And Dame could play off the ball. Number one option, yeah. Back um, home? OKC, where it started. Sign and trade. I was thinking that, but I don't see Sam Presti wanting that at all. Yeah. Uh, He wants to breed the the young guys. Yeah. Speaking of superstars who might demand a lot of money still, what's the most, like, we'll talk about Russell Westbrook in the offseason. I don't want to get too into it right now, but how much would you offer Russell Westbrook if you were a free agent this offseason? If he was a free agent, but just he, a pure, he's yeah, he's not just a pure. Okay. Um, what if he was just a pure free agent this offseason, unrestricted free agent? How much would you offer him? It depends on the status of my team, but 18. See, like, that's just so hard to believe that Russell Westbrook would get less than 20 mil per year. The veteran minimum, did you see his 2K ratings plummet this year? Is gross, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, it's still the name value, like his name and his pedigree. I feel like, like I don't. Then again, there's guys like Carmelo Anthony who was the guy in the in the NBA, like led the Knicks, not to anything particular, but like he was the scoring champ in like 2013. Five years later, he's getting cut by the Rockets. Like, so maybe maybe Westbrook has turned into that. Got to got to go get a prove it deal with with the Blazers, like uh, Carmelo Anthony did. (laughs) Facts. Take the vet minimum. Give it to him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about Harden, Westbrook, Philly a lot um, over the offseason. Um, you want to talk about that trade I sent, Mendel? Or should we just I will. Yes. You want to talk I, about I, I, I was thinking about that. Yeah, we should talk about it. But there's a flaw. Okay. There's a big flaw. And I'll first say the trade and then say the flaw. The trade that we saw, it was – the Lakers send Westbrook to the Hornets and they take on Gordon Hayward's contract, but they also get Terry Rozier, who's being paid about 20 million for the next three years. 
and then the Lakers also trade um, Taylor Horton Tucker and a first round pick to Miami for none other, none other than the Duncan Robinson in Miami gets to dump his contract for THT in the first and the Lakers get Rozier Hayward and Duncan Robinson, three much needed shooters for Westbrook THT in a first. And then here's the flaw. The flaw is that they're sending Westbrook to the Hornets, which is a 40, $45 million expiring contract. And they get out of Hayward and Rozier Rozier's contracts. But if I'm the Hornets, I'm definitely demanding more than just Westbrook for Gordon Hayward and THT. Yeah. So I'm asking you, Shub. Yeah. Zach, what yeah. else do the Lakers send for Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier? Well, yeah. I mean, I was going to – I don't I, – I first I'll give my overall thoughts on the trade. Duncan Robinson – I bet does not want to be in a heat uniform next year. If this is the type of treatment he's going to get. So I bet the heat would be okay with trading him. Yeah. That Taylor trade, Tucker straight up is that someone who could add like perimeter defending, which is beyond Jimmy Butler is something they don't really have a surplus of, especially if they lose someone like Depot. Yeah. Um, not saying so, he's good at defense, but, and the Lakers get off the hook of Russell Westbrook and Taylor Horn Tucker, who they, neither of them were fitting in with this team. And they get Gordon Hayward and Duncan Robinson and Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier is a capable point guard, and Duncan Robinson's a capable shooter. And then Gordon Hayward is, you know, a former all-star. So I see them liking that. And then the Hornets kind of get to, depending on what happens with Miles Bridges, they get to restart a little bit. Like, they were close this year, but, like, this 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 core is not a championship core. So they can kind of just restart, build around the mellow. I think first-round picks from the Lakers, like the Lakers will probably have to give up multiple first round picks. Do they have that? (laughs) I don't know. They're going to, I feel like they do. I remember seeing something that says the Lakers actually have more first round picks than you think, but yeah, I can Um, definitely be wrong. I do want to hear JD's opinion on this trade though, because I don't think he's voiced his opinion over text on this trade at all. You know, the whole trade or you want me to say it again? No, I know it. I did not voice the opinion. I don't know. I think, your points with the Heat and Duncan not having the greatest relationship are totally valid, and I see that. And Horton Tucker and Westbrook wanting to leave, I see that too, because Westbrook, I don't, I don't think he wants to be there. It's home, though, so I could see why he wants to stay, but I don't think the fan base wants him there or the front office. But for the Hornets... I just don't know if that's the smartest trade for you guys. Like, Rozier was pretty good this year, and then he got injured. And then um, Gordon Hayward, he was injured too, but he was pretty good too. Like, they could – I think they if they're going to trade those three guys, they should find a better team and try to get more in return instead of a fat expiring contract because that's not helping you get to the playoffs really and like what kind of message does that send to all your young guys on the team that you're just selling out for this and hopefully opening up a space for like a max in the next season you're just delaying it again like they want to win now and get it to the plan yeah 
So, like, the, the hopes are high and the ceiling's high for this Charlotte team. I just think they are, like, like a lot of teams say, they're a couple of trades away, but legitimately they could be, like, three nice moves away from having a contending squad. Yeah. Maybe if you snag someone like Malik Monk. He's, expi- he's expiring, but and he doesn't want to go back they to sign Charlotte. and trade him. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He doesn't want to go back to Charlotte. But I'm just um, trying to think. If Charlotte wanted him, any- they would have offered him a back. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think of anyone else that they could send. Well, here's the thing. It's obviously this trade's obviously hypothetical. This many, this many big contracts, superstars involved. It's very unrealistic. Obviously, like yeah, in in the mind and hypothetical land, it, it makes sense. Um, and here's why I say it makes sense for the Hornets. Um, Jay, I understand like your point of like, you're just delaying the rebuild even more, even though like you showed promise this year. Um, and they have shown promise. They've improved every year. I've always been a big Hornets guy. I think they've been, they've been my sleeper team in the East for two or three years now, but Gordon Hayward does not expire for two more years. And Russell Westbrook is off the books this upcoming year after this upcoming year. So I think it kind of does the opposite of delaying the inevitable because Gordon Hayward's on such a large contract that. You can't fill his void. And I don't think they're winning with Gordon Hayward. So taking on Westbrook allows you to compete. It gives a former MVP to mentor your future point guard, who you're grooming to hopefully be an MVP. And it gives you first-round picks, which gives you flexibility if you want to make a larger trade for a superstar in the future. Um, and, um, like, it allows you to make it, like, decide what you want to do. If Miles Bridges is part of that future, you can decide yeah. what to do with that. Um, so I think like this trade does work for everyone. I, I, the Hornets have every right to say no, like Russell Westbrook after the season, he had, I'd be hard to convince someone to take him on despite how many first round picks you might be getting. But I, the heat would definitely accept this in a minute as well as the Lakers, depending on how many picks the Lakers would have to give up. Yeah. You pay miles bridges, whatever Hayward plus Rozier is making. And then you have 45 million expiring the next year and you can, get another guy and then you have three really good guys but it's all hypothetical it's all hypothetical yeah um yeah uh let's talk we we talk you, you got what, what else you want to talk about you want to talk about sons and the sons versus yeah. the lucas yeah the sons right. versus the lucas and the Klebers. yeah um um yeah i like it it's a good series i think uh Sons are pretty good, man. Chris Paul is in good shape. I hope he stays that way. I hope everybody's healthy. Um, but Luca is something else. I really hope they can get someone soon. I was talking. This is really bad. I I don't like it, but was talking about like a sign and trade Jalen Brunson for Julius Randle. Yuck. But Yuck. I don't know. They just need somebody big. Because I love Kleber, I love Powell, I love, um, eh, I like Bertans, but they need a big guy with Luca that's going to be someone like the Joker, or <laughs> I hate to say it, but Rudy Gobert. This is, oh, I was just about to say <laughs> this is this is a little this is a little unrelated, but like it's the same thing that like his draft class made in Trey Young, like. They're both very talented players, but neither of them have played with another superstar since they've entered the league. And yet they've both been in the playoffs like multiple times, like willing their uh, way to there. So like they both need superstars. My roommate's a Hawks fan. He said, how dope would it be if Paul George was a Hawk? 
Like, <laughs> like and Paul George and Trey Young would be a lethal combo. Luca just needs anyone. He needs anyone. PG thirteen shots out. Um, just there. <laughs> yeah, but like, let's let's finish talking about the the Suns and the Mavericks series, and we'll talk a little more into, about Luca and his potential future. But CP three just turning it on in the fourth quarter, like three out of the last four games is at his age, just wild. Isn't he 37? Yeah. And people talk like, I know LeBron, LeBron, but CP's also 37. We don't talk, we don't talk about that enough. CP (laughs) three was playing college ball too. Like he was like, he's playing just as long as LeBron. Like, I, the, the Mavericks, if they want to compete in the series, CP3, as good as he's been, will have a dud. He'll have a game where the mid-range isn't falling. He's, he'll force threes. He's going to have a where, dud. Uh, Scott Foster is the ref. They need to take advantage of that dud. And not just win. They need to make a statement in that game. They need to take momentum. Like someone besides Luka needs to step up. Because Speaking of, Jalen Brunson. Yeah. He's been Go, going nowhere to, to be to seen. Nowhere to be seen this entire series. It's only two games, so I won't go too much into it. But, man, the two fouls in the first five or six minutes in both games just doesn't let him to get into a groove defensively, and then that probably affects him offensively. He's just been shooting terribly. It's like not even the same guy as last series. And I hope he has a few good games before this series ends because if he has two duds again, and they get swept. He's an unrestricted free agent who's yeah. just been saying he's going to get a bag, but he's playing. We'll he's playing for himself right now. Um, Duville, you think the Mavericks? Yeah, I want to. I want to come I back here. A couple here? things I want to yeah. say here. Yeah. One, I have to give my flowers <laughs> to Luca. He de- he deserves them fully. He's just. I mean, when you're losing, you're not really caring, but any um. It wouldn't be close if it weren't yeah, for Luca. And anytime they looked good, it was because of Luca. So have to shout out that. And um, shout out to the Suns defense because they're basically coming in opposite of the Celtics defense and how they treated the Nets series. And they're coming in and saying, Luca can do whatever. He can cook all he wants all night. But if he drops 50 and we drop 90, we're still going to win. Like, Everybody else on the floor other than Luca is going to get clamped, and that's how they're keeping it. And if Luca is going to go off, he's going to go off. And I kind of like that because nobody has shown from the Mavs supporting squad that they can step up in this series yet. And I know it's two games in, but they're down 2-0. Like, you got you to gotta wake up now. Job's not finished, obviously, but you have to wake up, and um, you got to steal one got to steal one in game three. yeah i the the suns can play anyone but luca beat us on offense and they can attack luca every time on defense especially because when you're p- playing the suns that you don't really have anyone you can hide luca on yeah um, like usually there's a team like maybe their big man is not too gifted offensively like you could low-key hide luca on rudy last series if you wanted to on defense but like ayton can ayton will body him inside and can, can extend the floor a little bit Booker obviously will torch him. CP3 obviously has torched him. And then you like Jay Crowder and Mikael Bridges are both capable drivers and shooters. 
And then same with Cam Johnson. Like Luca will he's someone else Luca will obviously be an issue on defense, but someone else has to make up for it on offense. He can't do it by himself. I say stick him on Crowder, but obviously Crowder's bigger yeah. and he'll just drive if Luca's on him. But if you gotta stick him on someone, yeah, stick him on Crowder. Obviously, yeah. But yeah, they were going at Luca last night. Yeah. And he and, was playing well, but it tires a guy out. Yeah. And then he has to carry the load on offense also. So when when he's the primary defender on every possession on defense and has to be the primarily primary scorer on offense, what 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 else can you ask him? And he's still putting up 35. Yeah. Like <laughs> someone has to put up 20 points. This reminds me eerily of the Nuggets series where Joker is doing everything he can on both ends, but no one else can put up 20 points. And it's really hard to win when you're like, even if you're, you have an MVP on your team, if someone else is not putting up 20, it's, it's very difficult to win. And D book had 30 last night and Chris Paul had 28. Their third leading score was Jay Crowder with 15 and the second leading score for the Mavs yesterday was 16 with Reggie Bullock. So um, quickly, I want to say Bullock. Uh, Monty Williams, like when you see him working with CP, I think early in the game, their mentality is to go at Brunson because they know he's going to be other than Luca. He's the most likely to pop off. So go at Brunson early, get him in that foul trouble, like Mindy said, and then that throws off his entire game. And then for the rest of the game, second, third, fourth quarter, just uh, drive on Luca, get him tired, and then hope that he misses the shot on offense. Great. So strategy. I think that's really smart on Monty's end because yeah. he's taking out and gunning for these guys early, and then later in the game, it's paying off dividends like majorly. Um. Yeah. So Luca, obviously. You'd have to assume he's signing a Supermax because I'm pretty sure he's eligible. He'll be eligible for a Supermax based on all NBA voting. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he might only be eligible for a Max. But And he, he's made no indication that he's not unhappy in Dallas, but he obviously wants help. I posed this question yesterday. I don't know. It, it, it was really oh, hypothetical. But similar to what we did with the hypothetical trade with the Heat and the Lakers and the Hornets, what would it take – to get Luca, like we saw James Harden get traded for um, the Rockets got Victor Oladipo, three firsts and four pick swaps. That's the most recent superstar that was traded. Obviously, Luca is still 23. So it's a lot different than trading for 30 year old James Harden. But James Harden was also what two time MVP or one time MVP. Like what? I think it doesn't matter. Former yeah, MVP. Won. He's I still he's he still a former MVP getting traded and that was what he got at 32 or whatever 31 what what would it take to get a player like luca if he if he requested out i have a quick question yeah this reminds me what did um okc get back for the paul george trade shea gilgis alexander and it was like a a crap ton of picks too and and picks yeah like five yeah yeah. it might have been like four firsts but then you also gotta remember drew holiday got four firsts as well yeah from 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 the bucks or from to get to the Bucks from the Pelicans. It's really tough because he's really young. If Drew is getting four firsts, Luca, you're you're trading your superstar on your team and at least five. Am I wrong? 
Well, Drew, it was only it was only the picks for Drew. That was part like they did not include right a so young like guy superstar in three. Well, I was saying I said like got to be Jamal. What, what if he wants to? I said with the Nuggets because someone said what if Luca requests out and wants to play with his uh, Eastern European brother, one of his good friends, and Nikola Jokic. What would it take? And I like I just said like off the top of my head, like Jokic or. Would the would the Nuggets want to do this? Either is the question. Jamal Murray, like who's obviously going to be healthy. Bones, who's a young guy who's shown promise. Zeke Naji, young big man, which is probably something the Mavs would want in return as well. And I think I said two firsts. Would would that be something the Mavs would even consider if the Nuggets were to offer that? So Jamal Murray, Bones, Zeke Naji, and two firsts. I think. Luca's too young to not. I'm. I would say four, four firsts with all those players. Four firsts: Jamal Murray, Bones. He's, he's, he's an that, MVP caliber player. That, I don't. Is that even be, enough? Like he averages no, like, the even, most amount yeah. of points in the playoffs ever. Yeah. Ever. If he now averages more than Jordan, obviously that's gonna. We'll see how that goes in the future. But he's sick in the playoffs, and he's 22, 20, he's 23. I, I've never seen a trade like that, so I don't know what to compare it to, but I would say four picks. And then if you, if you look at it from the other side, going back to the James Harden trade, the Nets traded Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, and, f- four, and three first-round picks and got um, James Harden. But the yeah. Rockets only got – the picks right. and Victor Oladipo back for James Harden because it was like a three, like a four team trade when it was all said and done. Like I like, but when, if it comes down to Jamal Murray, Bones, Zeke and four firsts and maybe like two swaps also for Luca, is that worth it for Denver at that point? Yes. Yeah, so you Luka. trade anybody, but Jokic, anybody, I mean, you, but Jokic. You, you still have, if they can afford MPJ. it, if they can afford to pay him in the future, you still have, Luca, Will Barton, MPJ, Aaron Gordon, and Jokic. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's Will just Barton pretty good. would be gone. Yeah. He would have, have to be. Feeling. Yeah, but like obviously Jamal Murray's coming off the ACL surgery. I hope he comes back. You know the man he was or better. But is giving up? It's essentially like would is is that upgrade worth it? Because there's no question Luca's better than Jamal Murray, but. Jamal Murray is a also a very good player, perennial All Star. Was on his way to an All Star, like like that was the How track he was he? on. Jamal, like 26, 25. Okay. It's 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 a question mark for both teams. I would yeah. say. I mean, I, I like talking hypothetical trades, especially one that involves a team I like. But you know, Luca's going to get fifty million dollars on one of his years by the time his contract is set and done. Um, but yeah, Luca could easily. If he doesn't get the superstar around him, which I don't know if I trust Mark Cuban to provide that <laughs> after giving him Tingus Pingus and then trading Tingus Pingus for role players, just because it's literally that much better than Tingus Pingus. I don't, I don't know. Like, would Zach Levine no. fit on the Mavs? Like, like yeah, but I feel like is Zach Levine a superstar? <sighs> yeah. In the West, exactly. Exactly. Like I wanted to say this though to stir some controversy, (laughs) but this would also—it's not even that hot of a take. I really think 
Rudy Gobert on the Mavs would be a great fit. Yeah. For Luca. For Luca. Because he needs that center. Him or me. Rudy, as much as we do not like him, <laughs> he gets the job done. And we have to say that. I mean, he complains about it. He'll do his Frenchman step, get angry. <laughs> the stifle tower. Yep. And that's that's what he is. I mean, he's yeah, he's a complainer like cat. So that's, <laughs> you know what you're getting with him at least. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if Luca could, if Luca can control him better than Donovan and not like fuse out and just stop passing, then I don't know. They could go places for sure. Yeah. I think, I don't know why everyone's hired Jason Kidd over and over again. He doesn't, doesn't really done much as a head coach. Thank you. Um, needed to mention that. Yeah. But, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they get like a coach that knows how to build around Luca because that's what they should be doing. Like Luca's that good where you can build around him similar to a, how a team would build around LeBron James. Like he, I think Luca, obviously not LeBron, but he, he has that star power and that capability. So if they can get another superstar around him, that's, that's the only way they're going to compete. Uh, especially like for a championship because obviously they made it out in the first round. Good for them. Got to give the team their flowers for that one. But it's not enough. Not it's enough. championship or bust. Every team, every year. Championship or bust. If you didn't win the championship, it was a failure. The season was a failure. Um, obviously, windows are large, but it, it hurts just as much every time. So, anything else uh, to talk about next couple of games? Should we make predictions or you just want to any, – any other topics that we didn't cover that you want to cover? Um, Let's do quick picks. For I think it's gonna. I think we're gonna stay chalk. Actually, no, it's not chalk. Um, I'm going obviously Heat, expecting Joel not to play, um, or he's not playing. He's not um, playing. I'm going Suns in like five or six. Warriors in six, and ooh, Bucks Celtics is tough, but I'm I'm gonna go with. Milwaukee in seven. They take it in Boston. Okay. Um, JD. All right. Quickly for tomorrow's games, I got Heat and Suns. And then for series, I'm going to go Heat in six, Suns in five, um, Bucks in seven. I agree with that. And then. Warriors and foe. Um, oh. I mean, they can't be the Warriors. They're one one. Warriors, Warriors <laughs> oh, gonna win oh, three God. straight. Yeah, Warriors yeah, yeah. and five. Warriors and five. That's what um, I forgot. All right. I so you said you said Heat and six, but the Heat are gonna win tomorrow. So the the Philly's gonna win two two after going down three zip. Just like the Raptors. Okay. Um, I'm gonna take the home teams for the next two days. Honestly, I'm gonna take Philly tomorrow. Uh, but Heat in five still. Um, I'm going to take Dallas tomorrow, but I'm going to take Phoenix in six. And then I'm going to take the Bucks tomorrow, Bucks in six. And then I'm going to take the Warriors tomorrow or the day after. And I'm going to say the like the home team wins every single game remaining in that series. So Warriors in six as well. Um, so we'll revisit those predictions. We'll be back next week, uh, hopefully for two episodes. Hopefully Dove is feeling better by then. 
Um, shout until out Doug. then. Shouts out Jacuzzi. Shouts out Angel. Shouts out Doug. Feel better. Miss Shouts you. Shouts out Doug. And uh, keep up with us on all of our socials. Rate us on podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace.